Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and today, by Zoom conference, I am on today with Dr. Millicent Ravello from Beverly Hills. How are you doing, Hello. Dr. Ravello? Hello, I'm good. Greetings from Beverly Hills. I know I'm down here in uh, in the new PZ, as we like to call it, Newport Beach, doing some surgery with uh, my good buddy Dr. Debro, and uh, doing some patient consultations in Newport and. We got we to gotta knock this out by Zoom. Is that all right with you? That's okay with me. It's not my favorite. I'd rather see your face in person, but uh, sometimes, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Well, this week, Dr. Ravello, and, and I didn't know about this as much as you didn't know about it. <laughs> my high school uh, classmate uh, sent me a congratulations for being in the uh, top plastic surgeons ranked on uh, by Newsweek. That's incredible. I did not know about this <laughs> list. I didn't know I was on it. And I would have never even known about it if she hadn't sent it to me. You'd think they would tell you about that. Like even like an email, like, hey, guess what? You know, like somebody thinks you can actually do these operations. It's a good thing. Well, number one, that is an incredible achievement. So that is huge. That's not just any little ratings or you know, review website. That's, that's a huge one. So congratulations on that. And I am not surprised, but I am very happy and proud for you. Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. And I am actually happy about it because I really respect the way that Newsweek went about it. Because most of the time you get these calls. Well, I do anyway, I get these calls from like, greatest plastic surgeons of the world. And like for $5,000, you can write an article and be in our next publication. And I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, no. That's Uh, that's unfortunately very, very true and common. And that was going to be my next comment was that the way they did go about it, the fact that you didn't even know about it actually lends some credence to it because usually it's the other way around. They're harassing you to pay them money to be on their top ranked list. Right. And, and that is usually the way that it goes. But this was a survey, I think they said of, uh, it's either 3,000 or 5,000 plastic surgeons of mm. who the bet, they, they did four procedures. It was liposuction, facelift, rhinoplasty, and breast augmentation. And they ranked, uh, and they had different numbers. I think they had 250 uh, people that they ranked for breast augmentation, a hundred for facelift, a hundred for rhinoplasty. And they had different numbers of people that they ranked based on, I guess, whether they thought it was a significant percentage of the plastic surgeons ranking those people. And it was a pretty robust number. And not only was it a robust, robust number, but there are four, what they saw as core procedures. So, you know, to be ranked in the, in the top, you know, I was in the top 20 for rhinoplasty and the top 50 for facelift out of all the plastic surgeons in the country, I felt was pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Especially since that's coming from your peers, right? Like that's not just like a smattering of patients that they pulled off a Yelp or whatever. Like these are your peers. Yes. And that, and like we always talk about on this podcast is if you want to find out where to get a great doctor, you should ask a great doctor. Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. I mean, that's the patient that I saw today, right? She came from our anesthesiologist, someone who intimately knows what you do and how you do it. A hundred percent. And if, if you're a doctor, you know what a good doctor is 
Well, most do, I would say. And when you ask, you know, 5,000 doctors or 3,000 doctors, I, I forget the exact number, but that's a, that's a large sample size of the plastic surgeons in this country. There, are, there just aren't that many. And so when they come up with the same names over and over again to the tune of, you know, these, you know, 100 core people, it, it's really, it, it is something you can kind of hang your hat on that the, it doesn't mean you as a patient are going to get a good operation. It only means that you've at least pointed your compass in the right direction and you can find somebody that's considered by his or her peers to be a top surgeon. And that's very important. That's huge because, you know, as doctors, as surgeons, as colleagues, we know what to look for. We know what's legit. We know what's not. We know more or less who is just a big marketing social media machine as opposed to actual substance underneath. And that's a big thing, probably everywhere, but especially here in Los Angeles, there's a lot of money that can go into social media and marketing for some practices, whereas the actual surgery may be, you know, mediocre or okay. And, and as a patient, how do you know? You don't, you know, it's really hard to be able to differentiate and read between all of the fluff and the lines. So yeah, getting those recommendations from people who are actually in the industry and in the practice, it's very important. Yeah. And I think Newsweek did a, did a really good job with this. And it's a very hard survey to make. It's a hard rank list to make. Um, you know, and you could argue that, you know, maybe somebody who's number 25 should be number, you know, 15 or 14, or, you know, maybe somebody who's 25 should be number 75. I, it, it, like, I don't know how those, you know, numbers, you know, truly shake down as to which, you know, parameters are ranking like, you know, Rod Rorick over me for revision rhino or for rhinoplasty or, you know, like it, it just doesn't, I think at that level, the sampling error starts to get very small. You know, yeah. It gets small. So then it's like, well, you know, you're talking like that, that happens all the time where people come in to me for like a rhinoplasty and they say, well, I saw, you know, this guy, this guy, and this guy, and you for a rhinoplasty. I was like, well, great. Now all you have to do, you, you picked four really good plastic surgeons. So all you have to do now is look at the before and afters and pick which one you like the best. And, you know, then you're basing it on, you know, I like this work better than this work. And then you can look at price as a possible, you know, level yeah. of differentiation. And also how do you feel with the people? It's because you just want to at least get into the neighborhood of I'm, I'm at least with people that are known commodities that are good at what they do. Thousand percent. Once you have the solid recommendations of your peers, of the colleagues, and you've seen them and you like their work, then it can kind of come down to the more subjective, um, you know, how do you feel about this person? And that's actually that's actually a pretty big one. I think once you've sorted out the important things like befores and afters, recommendations and ratings, and you're down to a handful or a couple of doctors. The next most important thing for me really is how do you interact with them? How do you like that person? Because you're going to be seeing them and dealing with them, hopefully in a good way, but there are complications that happen. So there may be some issues that arise. And how do you feel about working closely with this surgeon, with this person, you know, for the next year or so? I have to say, I saw two patients today who have already had surgery with other plastic surgeons both of whom I think did a really good job. I think their surgeries actually came out really well, 
but they're seeing me now for various post-op reasons and concerns because they feel like they can't talk to their plastic surgeon. And so the issues that they're having are normal complications, normal results, normal outcomes, but it's been blown into this huge thing because of the interactions they've been having with their surgeons and they just can't talk to them. So you got to find someone that you feel comfortable with who you can actually go through the whole post-op course with, you know? Yes, it, it has to be that. You, and that's where the office is important. That's where you know, the coordinator is important. That's where you, wanna, you want the whole package. You want to get the whole you know, kid and caboodle when it comes to uh, you know, the, the plastic surgery experience. And you know, I, I got to say, I, I think that's where you know, our team is just you know, totally tops. I mean, we really have you know, front to back, great people. And and like you said, our anesthesiologists, our, you know, our nurses, our front desk people, our coordinators. I mean, you know, we have, we have some really top people who oh are experienced, who have been there, done that, that this is not like, you know, their <laughs> this is not their first rodeo at all. <laughs> In fact, for my team, it's like their 5,000th rodeo, <laughs> yeah. if not their 15,000th rodeo. And it makes a big difference because, you know, that we, we just want patients to get great results. We want them to be happy and, and be, you know, really excited about their results because this is a results driven specialty, you know, two years after the operation, they, they're not going to care whether or not, you know, they went to Beverly Hills, Newport beach, or to, to Akron, Ohio to get their operation. They want to know that their results are spectacular. That's the whole goal. That's the whole goal. And, and I'd argue that the experience is important too. I actually had a lady just last week that I did a surgery on and she had been wanting to do it for years. And she'd been putting it off because she'd had such a bad experience with her last round of plastic surgery, not from the results, but because of the care that she had in the anesthesia post-operative recovery period, in the pain that she had post-operatively. And she was so traumatized by her perioperative experience that had nothing really to do with the surgery or the surgeon that she didn't have another plastic surgery for like five years. And then when I saw her day one after our surgery, she was smiling. She was laughing. She was giving our team huge compliments. She said the anesthesia was great. I didn't have any nausea. I felt so good. Everyone was so amazing. This was such a different experience. So I would argue that the experience is almost as important as the results for some of these patients, because it may decide if they want to have any more surgery. Well, a hundred percent. That's why the whole package is there. And uh, so, you know, it is, these are really important points because, you know, if you're like, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're sitting in, in London and, you know, this is, you know, your time to figure out, you know, how am I going to pick these people? I mean, yeah, reviews are important. All all these things. There's a big, you know, area under the curve that you have to add all these things up and and integrate those factors. But I always say you got you got to love the results. You got to look at those before and afters and say I want that. Let's see if all the other pieces fall into place. It's key. It ha- it it has to be that. You know, it's all got to be there. This is this is your body. It's your your time and your money, your effort to do this stuff. Yeah. You know, find the best person for you. That's all I can say. Agreed. Find the best person, do the time, do the homework, do the research. You just have to do the work. They Put go in the by homework. Instagram. They, they, they go by they, Instagram. They, they go by the, the bottom line, which I get. Everyone has budgetary concerns. I totally get that. But you do have to have a little bit of understanding that you 
you know, if it sounds too good to be true price wise, there's a reason for that. There, there's no doubt. I mean, just, you know, look, but where we are is uniquely expensive. I, I, <laughs> I will admit that, you know, Manhattan's worse. I mean, my, my friend's prices in Manhattan make, makes us look cheap quite honestly. <laughs> I, it really does. And, uh, and that's the thing. It's like some areas of the world are just really pricey and it's not. Well, you know, a plastic you know, surgeon has to live in New York too. They got expensive costs. They do. And, and, uh, and, and we definitely are expensive. I, I, I know that, but at the same time, you know, in Beverly Hills, I think we do the most. I mean, we just, we do a ton. I mean, when people true. say like, how many rhinoplasties you do? I mean, like half the time, I, I can't even believe the numbers that I'm doing. You know, I think uh, last week uh, I did like, you know, seven or eight rhinoplasties this week. I think I have five and, you know, some other stuff that's on the schedule. I mean, there's, there's like a lot of, we just do a lot. And so you want somebody that's in the game doing these. And uh, I think if it's like, if it's, if it's something that you're, and, and in fact, the guy today that I did with, um, with Terry, you know, this was a guy that kind of said, look, you know, uh, and he's from, you know, way up North and he drove all the way down today. And, you know, he's like, well, you know, it's far enough, but you know, I'm coming. And he goes, you know, I know it's just for, you know, this minor change or whatever, because I just need it done. Right. And he's like, I just, I don't have time. I don't have time for problems. I need it done. Right. You know, I've read all about these revisions and problems. And he's like, I'm, I'm willing to, to make this trip. And he goes, I know my insurance would pay for the guy at the local hospital and I wouldn't have to pay anything, you know, yet he, he came up with, you know, the $23,000 or whatever it is to get his nose surgery. And he was just like, I, it's fine. I, I just need it. I need it to be correct. He needs it to work. I get that. He doesn't have time for complications. Doesn't have time. I, I get that too. That is for him, money well spent. Yeah. He said, and the thing that freaked him out is he went to the local guy and the guy looked in his nose and he like did like a peek and shriek. And yeah. you know, he said, he said, Oh my God. And he goes, and when the, when the ENT guy said that, I was like, I'm not having you operate. Anybody who looks at my nose and, and like calls for help, forget it. <laughs> I forgot about that term peek and shriek. <laughs> well, exactly. We right? used to do that in general surgery. You'd open the abdomen to take out a tumor and you're like, Whoa, <laughs> nope, that's, that's <laughs> not coming out. <laughs> Closing that right back up. Just kidding. Putting that back in. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, and I, and by the way, I looked in there and I totally get why this guy peaked and shrieked and yeah. it, it was really bad. And he was totally correct in looking for somebody for the next level of expertise. And that is where, you know, getting a referral from a guy like, you know, Terry, you know, is a, is a big deal. And, you know, DeBro's a, you know, DeBro is a top reconstructive surgeon. <laughs> like, you know, he does those cases on botched. I'm like, Oh my God, are yeah, you crazy? Some disaster. And he does them on TV, I know. like with cameras around and <laughs> like, it's scary. <laughs> and I know he's just always like, but you know, he's, he's really good at it. And so when a guy like that makes a referral, it counts, you know, and, and uh, I, I appreciate all that, obviously, but the, um, I was really happy though, that the, to see that Newsweek thing, it was a big deal for me. I, my, you know, thank the people who took the time to do that survey. I don't even know who did it. Like they didn't, I didn't hear about it. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but I guess, you know, that that's even better. It was good to just get the results. Well, it is well-deserved. I can't think of anyone who is more deserving of it, especially in those categories. So big congratulations to you. Well-earned, well-deserved. I would go to you for any and all of the above procedures. And I probably will <laughs> at some point <laughs> if I haven't already. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It's time for you to start working on me. That's next. <laughs> it's getting bad. That's all I can say. There's, there, I need some help and I need it soon. Otherwise, I'm going to be in the plastic surgical ICU. <laughs> Anytime. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate you jumping on today. I know you got a lot going on to, you know, keep your, you got a lot of balls in the air lately, which is exciting stuff. So good for you. And uh, we will catch up very soon in person. But for now, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210 and the 92660. That's right. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Vello, what's your website? My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. And the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medi Spa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing... Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.